CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall with another tale of the macabre. The world as you and I see it is only one world. There are others. One person is uneasy about a seemingly normal death. Another can relate to someone far away through extrasensory perception. Still others have seen apparitions and swear to it. Then there is the world of your very own. Your dream world. What about a nightmare? Well, young Paul Chapin experienced a living nightmare... Not long ago in Amsterdam. Are both of you crazy? It is you who must be crazy, Mr. Morris. I am not Mr. Morris. I'm I'm Paul Chapin from New York. This this guy, whatever you call him, uh, concierge, this guy, Bernard, he, he checked me in last night. He stored my attaché case in the hotel safe. That he... cannot be true. This is room 822. It is assigned to Mr. Morris. Mr. Paul Chapin was in room 821. And Mr. Chapin checked out this morning at 8 o'clock. Our mystery drama, A Question of Identity, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor and stars Russell Horton. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. I don't think you'd think twice about who you are. And nobody is likely to ask. If someone did, you have identification. But what if, as an American, you're in a foreign country and you should lose your passport... That is your best means of identification. If you don't have your passport, you will be detained until the U.S. consulate clears you. The delay is annoying and frustrating. It could be costly, as Paul Chapin found out in the story you are about to experience. It begins in the office of a Mr. Mork, a dealer in jewels. Sit down, Paul, sit down. I can take it standing up, Mr. Mork. Hey. Take what, young man? Well, I know business is bad, and you can't keep me on any longer, and I understand... <laughs> I didn't ask you to come in to dismiss you. But business... We're not going out of business, not just yet. The market will pick up. What do you think of these? Wow. How many are there, Mr. Moore? About a thousand. Lovely, eh? Uncut, as you can see. A thousand uncut diamonds. What a fortune. Once they're finished, allowing for that cost, we could profit $100,000. That'd be nice, eh, Paul? <laughs> it sure would be. The finishing is very important. Oh, of course. Mr. Von Sutter in Amsterdam does excellent work. Oh, you're uh, shipping them to him? No. You're taking them to him. Me? Why not? You've worked into the business very nicely. I'm confident that you will negotiate a fair price for his work. Well, Mr. Mork, I, I don't speak the language. He speaks English. Oh. <laughs> okay, I 
I'd enjoy that. Taking them is safer. Well, guess I'm off to Amsterdam. Good. You'll carry the diamonds in this small attaché case I have it here in the drawer. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the chain for? Oh, I get it. I handcuffed the case to my wrist. Great. <laughs> I guess if the diamonds are missing, I will be too. <laughs> That's right. It's a precaution. You uh, don't object to it, do you? Oh, no, not at all. Real spy stuff. I kind of like it. So, uh, when do I leave? Tomorrow morning. Now, I go straight to Mr. Von Sutter? No, no, no. You won't arrive until around 6 Amsterdam time. There's a reservation in your name at the Hotel Hearts. The manager is Hans Coppel. I know him from the past. Now, you check in with the concierge, Bernard Groot. He will take care of you. Mm -hmm. Coppel and Bernard. Okay, anything else? I mean, I see Von Sutter the next morning, right? He will be expecting you at nine. Now, what about customs, Mr. Moore? You'll have no problem. I have the necessary papers in order, and a man from Von Sutter's will meet you and uh, help with your clearance. Then he'll drive you to your hotel. His name is Otto Vogel. Mm -hmm. Ask for him. All clear? Yes, sir. Boy, wait till the gang hears about this. You're joking, of course. Uh, well, yes, I meant after I come back. Well, even then, Paul, it would be wise to be discreet. In the jewel business, remember that the word is private. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Your trip is not an ordinary one. It could be dangerous. Evening, sir. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm Mr. Chapin. I have a reservation. Ah, uh, yes, sir. One moment. Ah, uh, yes, yes. You are from Mr. Mock. That's right. Your passport, please. Uh, uh there. Thank you. Now, if you would sign the register. Oh, sure. It's uh, <laughs> a little clumsy with this attaché case chained to my wrist. Ah, uh, chained. <laughs> Let me unlock it. Ah, uh, there. Now, I want you to place it in the hotel safe. Uh, certainly. It's uh, worth my life, so take care of it. There you are. Of course. It would be safe. And give me a receipt, please. Right away. Now, let's see what time... Uh... Oh, oh, there's the clock. Almost six. Uh, is uh, dinner being served, Bernard? Not until eight, sir. Do you wish a reservation? I guess so. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll be down at eight. That gives me a couple of hours to unwind. Oh, is Mr. Capel here, the manager? Uh, uh, not at the moment. Well, Mr. Mork wanted me to say hello to him. They're old friends. I see. Uh, perhaps later. Uh, takes this gentleman to his room. Well, I'll see you later, Bernard. Uh, certainly. Any problems, Bernard? Uh, no, Herr Capel. We are filled up for the night. Well, the man from Mork's has checked in. He has gone to his room to lie down. He will be down for dinner. He asked for you as a friend of uh, Mork's. So, yes, Mork has been here many times, but uh, he grows old and does not travel so much. Perhaps I should phone his man and wish him welcome. Uh, he, uh, he asked not to be disturbed. He seems exhausted. Uh, then I will respect his wishes. Uh, I will say good night, Bernard. Good night, Herr Coppel. I will see Mork's man in the morning. What is his name? Uh, Paul Chapin. Home. 8.21. Maybe I should send up a bottle of wine. What do you think? I have already attended to that. Ah, very good. Good night.
one second, please. Uh, oh, hi. Good evening, Herr Chapin. I have for you the compliments of Herr Coppel, the manager. Well, uh, uh, come in. Ah, uh, yes. Look at that, a basket of fruit. How nice. And wine. Yeah, and two glasses. <laughs> uh, one for me and one for you? Oh, no, sir. For you and Herr Coppel. Oh, the manager. Yeah, I asked for him, but Bernard said he wasn't in. Oh, well, he comes back, and he comes up soon to make you welcome. Well, that's very nice. Uh, Miss... Uh... I am Hulda, sir. I open and pour for you, Herr Chapin. Oh, all right. Um, you'll excuse me, I'll wash up. Oh, while I am here, I will turn back your bed, yeah? Sure. Uh, you say Herr Coppel will be right up? Yeah, I have poured the wine. Oh, that's nice. Will you um, have a glass, Hulda? Oh, it is not permitted, sir. Oh, hey. <laughs> this is delicious. Oh. Well, you, you stay long in Amsterdam? Oh, no, I'm here on business. I go back to New York tomorrow or the next day. Oh, whew, I'm... Sleepy. Oh, you you lie down a while, yeah? Well, that was the idea. Have a reservation for dinner at eight. Uh... Ooh. That wine is very good. Funny. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Well, I, I go now. Um, uh, what about, um, Capel? Oh, I see him and say you have fallen asleep. Good night now, Mr. Chapin. Oh. Good morning, Bernard. Ah, good morning, Jacobin. You uh, rested well? Uh, very well. For a change, court relieved me on time, so I left at 8 o'clock. Well, I go now to see Herr Chapin. Uh, Chapin? Oh, uh, he checked out a few minutes ago, Herr Coppel. Checked out? Without taking breakfast. So? And no dinner last night. He canceled his reservation. No. He slept around the clock. You spoke to him? Uh, no, but the cashier did. He paid his bill and left. How very odd. He was in Rome. 822. 8.22. I thought you told me 8.21. I don't think so, sir. You can see on the keyboard that the key to 8.22 has been replaced. The room is now unoccupied. The guest in 821 is still here. You see? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he is? The guest in 821 is Mr. Edmund Morris, another American. 822, 821. I'm all mixed up. I cannot understand this, Mr. Chapin. Did he not phone down to thank me for the wine? No, sir. Ah, that's rude. Yeah. You said nothing to him? Well, he, he came to me with his receipted bill and asked for his passport. His hat was pulled down and he was in an unpleasant mood. He, I tried to speak, but he said, please, please, please. So I became quiet. Then he left. Well, it certainly is a puzzle. Ah, do not concern yourself about it here, Coppet. You ask, excuse me. Bernard speaking. Um, Bernard? Um... Say, Bernard, what time is it, old buddy? Ah, uh, it is 8.15, uh, Mr. Morris. I can't find my watch. 8.15. Uh, I'm, I'm late for dinner. Uh, that be all right, Bernard? Uh, dinner, Mr. Morris, but it is 8.15 in the morning. Huh? Hey, what are you talking about? 
And what's this Mr. Morris you're giving me? I'm Paul Chapin. A uh, uh, moment, Mr. M- uh, uh, sir. Uh, this is Mr. Morris in room 821. He sounds drunk. And he says he is not Morris, but Chapin. Come on. What's going on down there? Ah, good heavens. Mr. Morris. Now, don't give me Mr. Morris, whoever you are. This is the manager, Hans Coppell. Yeah, yeah, sure you are. What can we do for you, Mr. Morris? Uh, Mr. Morris, my hind foot, I am Paul Chapin. Now, what kind of gags are you two comics pulling on me? I'm, I'm coming down to dinner. It is breakfast time. It is 8.15 in the morning. Open some blinds and look out, Mr. Morris. It can't be breakfast time. I only got here uh, uh, two hours ago. Look. I'm, I'm coming down. No, 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 Mr. Morris. I will come up. You stay there. I'll be right up. That's what Holder told me two hours ago. You'd be right up to have a glass of wine with me. Holder, you stay there, Mr. M- Mister. We will be up directly, right away. Oh, come in. Now... Just what the devil is this all about? I will tell you, and I warn you, Mr. Morris. Mr. Chapin. I warn you, if you make a disturbance, I will summon the police. Yeah, well, that's just about what I'm going to do. You? Yeah. My clothes are gone. My wallet's gone. My shaving case is gone. I have been cleaned out. But there are clothes. They're not mine. Even the fruit and the wine glasses are gone. I don't know what your game is, but you are an imposter. Oh, really? Bernard, who am I? Mr. Edmer Morris, sir. Well, you are a liar. I'm Paul Chapin. I, I, I work for Mork. Look, you checked me in. You talked to me. You, you sent me to room 822. But this is room 821. What? And the guest registered and assigned to this room is Elmer Morris. Mr. Chapin has checked out. What? He paid the cashier a few minutes before 8, gathered his passport from me. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What about the attaché case in the hotel safe? He presented his receipt for it and took it with him. Oh, good Lord. You you gave it to him, you imbecile? I want you, Mr. Morris. That attaché case contained a few hundred thousand dollars in uncut diamonds. I gave it to Paul Chapin. Now, look. I am Paul Chapin. How many times do I have to say it? Until you prove it. Well, with my passport gone, my wallet stolen, how can I prove it? That will be up to the police. Look. You call Mr. Von Sutter. He's the diamond cutter. I, I have to see him at nine tomorrow morning. I, I mean this morning. I will do no such thing. You have begun to be a nuisance to the hotel hearts. And I want you out of here. Back up at once. Look, I told you, these things don't belong Put to me. Put on the suit. Not on your life. Then the police can take you into custody in your underwear. We accept each other at face value. For years, it was popularly thought that one could pick out the face of a criminal from his forehead, or the closeness of his eyes, or the slant of his lips. Much of this has been disproven, and many a killer has looked like a Sunday school teacher. So, face value can be deceptive. To look at Paul Chapin, he might appear to be a young, pleasant, outgoing American. To the hotel, he is an imposter, and... He is on a spot. More when I return shortly with Act Two. According to civilized law, a person is innocent 
until he is proven guilty. Does it work out that way? Not all the time. Just being charged with a crime rubs off on the person accused. And, I fear, he's always tainted with it. Well, we know, I think, that Paul Chapin is innocent. His problem is that he has lost his identity and he cannot prove who he is. Of course, the concierge, Bernard Groot, knows. He went crazy, Huda. Oh, poor Bernard. The lip is so swollen. He knocked down Coppel and then me. <laughs> then he runs into the hall yelling he's been robbed. At last, the police arrest him and take him away. Oh, well, I am glad Mr. Chapin lost his temper. It creates time. Now, the passport pictures, the police were taken in. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed them. Huh. On the Chapin's passport is the picture of Mr. Morris. Chapin cannot prove who he is. Well, not for a day at least. And then he will be too late. And uh, Mr. Morris? Well, by now, perhaps the diamonds have been sold. By tonight, we get our money. And Morris receives half the value. That is right? Yes. And Morris splits his half with us. Why does Morris receive only half? Who is getting the other half? Oh, that I do not know. Morris has a partner? Oh, no, no. He works alone. I have helped him in the past. Well, you know... I am in danger. This Chapin will come after me. Huh? It, it, it is I who handed the attache case over to the wrong man. The police will be suspicious. They know that I saw Chapin. Oh, for only moments. Uh, do not worry. You were deceived. Well, that is what I will maintain. Yes. If the police swallowed that story, Chapin would not. He would come after me. I must go away until he is out of Amsterdam. When I get my money, I will leave. Then the police will become suspicious. No, you must return to the hotel. But you are confident that we will receive our money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is the other man who gets half of the sale? I repeat, I do not know. Maybe Mr. Morris double-crosses him. Huh? Maybe. Then we get double the money. You think Mr. Morris might do that? Oh, he's been known to do that before, Bernard. You the uh, guy from the consulate? Yeah, that's right, Alan Adams. Who are you? Oh, come off it, will you? I'm Paul Chapin. <laughs> so you say. Now, look here. I come to Amsterdam with a case full of jewels, store them in the hotel safe. I'm drugged, and this morning some thief walks off with them, leaving me holding the bag. So I slug the concierge and the manager, and I'm tossed into the clink, and I have been rotting here all day long. I well, only heard about your arrest late this afternoon. Now, look. You have got to get me out of here. I am an American citizen. You probably I... are, but which one, we are not certain. I'm Paul Chapin. But you can't prove it. Well, why the devil would I pretend to be if I'm not? Just to spend a day in jail? If I'm the other guy, why didn't I just check out of the hotel and go my own way? I'll tell you why. Because I've been robbed of a few hundred thousand dollars in uncut diamonds, and I've been robbed of my name. Uh-huh, yes, I thought of that, too. Yeah, well, you find out about the other guy, uh, Morris. And I'll tell you what, telephone Mr. Mork in New York. He, he, he's my boss. L let me talk to him. We're in the process of doing both. Oh. Well, good. Good for you. So, so now what? Well, I should have some answers in the morning. Uh-huh. And I spend the night here? Look, Mr. Adams, why should I pretend to be Chapin if I'm not? Well, I can think of one reason. 
You know, you could be part of a very slick scheme. Yeah? Chapin and Morris could have worked this together. One of you disappears with the attache case full of diamonds. Oh, and... I see. And the other guy raises hell about being robbed while the first guy cuts out. That's right. You could be buying your partner the time he needs to dispose of the jewels and get away. But the theory won't hold. Because I'm Chapin and I can prove it. Who was Holder? She brought you the fruit and the wine? And two glasses. I told Capel that surprised him. Well, he did send up wine. I've spoken with him. Two glasses delivered by some Hulda. Look, when I checked into the hotel, the manager wasn't even there. So who ordered the fruit and wine? That sleazy concierge, Bernard, that's who. Why isn't he under surveillance? Don't worry, he is. And the police are trying to find some kind of lead to Hulda. Well, you're kidding. Then you do believe me, Mr. Adams. Well, <laughs> now that I've met you, yeah, I do. Good morning, Bernard. Huh? Good morning, Herr Coppel. You have new glasses, I see. Yeah, that crazy man, my head and neck will ache for a week. Herr Coppel, look, coming into the lobby. Herr Adams from the consulate. Good morning, Herr Coppel. Bernard. Not so good, Herr Adams. Look at Bernard. His lip is cut, and I have a headache. The day we charge your Mr. Morris with assault. I wouldn't advise that quite yet, Herr Capel. Uh, may we talk for a few minutes? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come into my office. You wish, Bernard? No, 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 just you. Your excuses, Bernard. After you, Herr Consul. Ah, thank you. Sit, 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 sit. I, uh, have some important information for you, Herr Capel. Yeah? I've been in touch with the FBI in Washington. Ah, Good. Mr. Elmer Morris is a well-known jewel thief. Ah, of course. Well, there's no of course about it. If the man in jail were Elmer Morris, why did he invite arrest? I beg your pardon. Well, I mean, the man doesn't have the diamonds. He assaulted you and Bernard, and he's in jail. Does that fit a notorious thief? It is a scheme. Chapin is his colleague. I think not. We have a detailed description of Elmer Morris, and he's not the man being held. That man is Mork's young assistant, Paul Chapin. You, uh, you're in pretty serious trouble, Herr Capel. I could not have made a mistake. The room, the clothing there, the passport. You cannot blame me or Bernard. I'm not blaming anyone, but the thief had inside help. My employees... Including Hulda? Hulda? Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we have no Hulter on the eighth floor. She brought fruit and wine and two glasses to roommate 22. You ordered them. Not the fruit. Bernard sends up the wine. But wouldn't someone from room service, a, a waiter, deliver the wine? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is usual. So then, who is this Hulder? Someone conspiring with Bernard? You accuse Bernard? He has been concierge for years. A trustworthy man. Did he know that Chapin was checking in and who he was? I think perhaps. I received a note from Mr. Mork. Whom you know quite well. In the past, he has stayed here often. And you know that he's a dealer in jewels? Yeah. So you and probably Bernard knew that Mork's assistant was arriving in Amsterdam on business? Well, it is logical to think so, yeah. Bernard saw Chapin? That is correct, when he checked in. And Bernard turned over the attache case to someone that he thought was Chapin, huh? That is true. The concierge? 
The concierge has a good memory for faces, no? You think seriously, Herr Adams, that there has been funny business? Oh, without question. Chapin walked into a carefully laid trap. And Bernard? He'll be questioned closely by the police. You know, sir, I am outraged by what you have told me. The thieves must be caught. Oh, they will be, Herr Coppell. Waiting for someone? Oh, I will call the major. Go ahead. Don't you want what's coming to you, Hulda? Elmer. Elmer. I never would have recognized you. you. You look like a bum. Pretty good change, right? Worn out clothes, no shave, dirty. Oh, you fooled me. <laughs> yes, but won't they think it funny, you sitting down with me? I won't stay a minute. <laughs> Why the newspaper? I will leave it here on the table when I go. The money's in there. 25,000. You got only a hundred thousand? Mm-hmm. Half of the 25 is for Bernard. Uh, you sure he gets it? Yes, sure. You made 25 clear? Yeah. The boss gets the other 50. <gasps> for doing nothing. Oh, he set it up. I see him tomorrow, then I fade away. Well, the American Council to the rescue, I hope. <laughs> You're free. Oh, uh, here's a raincoat. You better put it on until we can get you some decent clothes. Oh, thanks. Say, how'd you get me sprung? Elmer Morris is real. He's a known jewel thief. Hmm. And he set up this thing with Bernard and Coppell? Well, we don't know that yet. Coppell is innocent, but we think Bernard was in on it. The police will know soon enough. Uh-huh. Uh, did you speak to Mr. Moore? I telephoned him, but he wasn't there. I left a message for him to return my call. Does the office know about the theft? Not for me. You know what's funny about all this? How could I have been set up this way? I... Only Mork and I knew he was sending me abroad. Why didn't he just mail the uncut diamonds? Well, because he wanted me to negotiate in person with Von Sutter, the diamond cutter. Oh, yeah, but that can be done by letter or by telephone. Prices are pretty well fixed. Von Sutter's is a little higher, but he's one of the best. Say, um, what's Mr. Mork like? Oh, he's a fine old man. Treats me like a son. When he called me in about the trip, I... Well, I thought he was going to fire me. Oh, I... Well, business has been lousy. Are the, uh, diamonds his? Oh, I suppose so. Why wouldn't they be? He was acting alone? Well, far as I know, yeah. After the diamonds were cut and polished, they'd be worth a lot more. But why? They were insured. Oh, sure, they must have been. So if they were stolen, Mork would collect. Yeah, I suppose. What if he stole them from himself? Mr. Mork? Oh, come off it. He'd never do a thing like that. Been done before. Well, I don't believe it. Not Mr. Mork. Oh, it's not a nice idea, I admit, but I'm suspicious by nature. <laughs> That's a great way to live. It's kept me out of jail. Far-fetched? Not really. Most of us are trusting souls. It's a shock when we discover that our trust has been misplaced. I never thought so-and-so would ever do a thing like that. You said it. All of us have. Paul Chapin trusts his employer. He has no reason not to. For that matter, neither do we. 
There really are international jewel thieves like Elmer Morris who work their clever schemes. The attache case filled with uncut diamonds is gone. And so is Mr. Morris. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. on timing. You wouldn't try to steal a television set if the family is at home. Neither does a thief attempt to steal a fortune in jewels unless he has worked out a plan. For Elmer Morris, his plan depended on his colleagues. Hulda, who would dope Paul Chapin, and Bernard, the concierge, who would release the attache case to Morris, posing as Chapin. It worked. We know who the three guilty persons are. But how can Chapin prove it? In the office of the U.S. Consulate. There? Who? Mr. Mort? He's here? Oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah, send him in. Mr. Mort here in Amsterdam? So it seems. That was fast work. When did you telephone him? Early this morning. Noon. New York time. As, as I said, he wasn't there. I don't get it, Mr. Adams. Oh, do I? Paul. Paul. Oh, my goodness, I've been worried oh, about Mr. you. Mr. Mork, I... I don't know what to say. The diamonds... Don't worry about the diamonds. It's you I've been worried about. Are you all right? Oh, sure, I'm fine. Uh, you are Mr. Adams. Oh, yes, won't you sit down? Well, thank you. Thank you. Were you mistreated, Paul? No, sir, it was all a mistake. You made remarkable time, Mr. Mork. Hey? Well, I telephoned your office this morning, 2 o'clock New York time, and here you are. But I arrived late last night, Mr. Adams. Oh. Well, then, may I ask how you knew that Mr. Chapin had been arrested? I spoke with Von Sully. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a 9 o'clock date with him yesterday morning. I phoned him to find out what price you'd negotiated. Oh, I see. When I heard that you'd been arrested and the diamonds stolen, I boarded a plane. You have no passport, no clothes. Now, I have some here in this suitcase, yours, which I picked up at your home. Oh, that's great. Tomorrow, we'll return to New York. Now, uh... What about the stolen diamonds? We leave that problem with the police. I don't like to walk away from the mess, Mr. Mort. There's nothing we can do, Paul. Well, I could wring Bernard's neck. Bernard was a fool, but uh, he's not a criminal. I've known him for many years. He handed that attache case over to the other man, a, a jewel thief named Elmer Morris. So that's who stole the diamonds. Well, I know him by reputation. Bernard gave him the diamonds. You... Can't tell me that a concierge trained to remember faces could make that kind of mistake. Bernard knew me. He knew I wasn't the guy that was checking out. Well, have you questioned Bernard and Capello? Oh, yes. And? Well, as you've said, Mr. Mark, the problem is one for the police. They are trying to locate the maid, Holders. She's the key suspect. It was Holder who drugged the wine and knocked Paul out. I see. Well, Mr. Adams, uh... My thanks to you for coming to Paul's rescue. Oh, you're welcome. But uh, my work has just begun. I'm after Elmer Morris. He belongs behind bars. That, unfortunately, has been true for many years. Well, this time we'll put him there. You sound very confident. I am because we'll track down the man behind this latest scheme. You know, it was very well planned. Paul. Uh, yes, sir. Let's go to the hotel and get you into your own clothes. Okay. Say, uh... Thanks for everything, Mr. Adams. Oh, that's all right, Paul. I'm sorry you won't be in on the wrap-up. Yeah. Still like to corner that Bernard and beat the truth out of him. You've already beaten him up once, Paul. <laughs> that's true. 
That's funny. Come along, Paul. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll uh, return the stuff you loan me, uh, what I'm wearing later in the day, say, 5 o'clock. We can send them by messenger. No, no, I'll, I'll bring them back. I'll be here, Paul. Once again, Mr. Adams, our thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, uh, connect me with Mr. Von Sutter, the jewel cutter, please. I uh, brought back the clothes, Mr. Adams. But that's not the real reason I'm here. You figured it out. Hmm. How did Mork know I'd beaten up Bernard? All right, I'll ask you one. How did Mork know that the diamonds had been stolen? Well, he said he'd talked to Von Sutter. Ah, but so did I talk to him. Mork had not talked with Von Sutter. Then that's that. It was Mork's scheme. That's right. Oh, what a fool I've been. Well, you can still be a hero. What if you're in on the arrest? Well, what if I am? The police grab Mork, he confesses, and it's all over. Ah, not just Mork. What about the man who stole your identity? By now, he's probably in Miami. Oh, we don't think so. He's right here in Amsterdam. Well, why? That doesn't make sense. Oh, but it does. He has to settle with Mork. Now, you and I walk in on them, and the police back us up. We walk in on them? Why not? You're staying with Mork, aren't you? Yeah. All you have to do is tip me off when Mork leaves you and the hotel. He won't want you along. But won't the police be watching the hotel? Oh, of course, but Mark's clever. He might give them the slip. Well, why don't you just have him arrested? We want to recapture the money, whatever's left of it. Oh. The others have been paid off. Oh, I'd say so. Holder and Bernard. That's right. Once we catch Mark and Morris, we'll bring in the others. Well, what do you say, Ron Sry? <laughs> sure. You understand me, Bernard? I am to leave Amsterdam at once. Yes. Mr. Morris told me that the boss lied to the United States Consul and that he is suspicious. Now, I am being followed. What, what about me? We have to be careful. Now, there is a houseboat on the Amstel. I have friends. I will stay with them. The police will search, but my friends will hide me. What about me? Who do I have no place to go? In this magazine is your share of the money. Over $12,000. It will buy you protection. Oh, no, I know nothing of these things. Where would I find someone to help me? You, you cannot escape from the police. Now, it is better for me to go back to the Hotel Hearts. They cannot jail me for a mistake. I, I don't know what else to do. Hide out. Buy passage on a freighter. You have the money you need. But if the police... The money is in the magazine. Now, I am leaving. I won't see you again. I hope you'll be safe, Bernard. Yeah? And what about Morris? Well, after he meets with the boss, he will leave for Switzerland. I meet him there. No, no. How of us will be caught? Not me. Chapin will identify you. Not a chance. You see, I have several passports, and I can change my appearance very quickly. No. I will be found innocent if I am caught. And I won't be. You must think I'm some fool, Mr. Morton. No, no, no. But I did tell you in New York to be careful. Mm. I never thought I'd walk right into a trap. It's happened to others, Paul. Men will do strange things for a fortune in diamonds. I'm only afraid that that loss is going to put us out of business. Well, I had them insured before you left. It was a stiff premium, but we will regain more than half their value. We'll be all right. I hope so. I've spoken to Capel at the Hearts. He knows nothing about the theft. Bernard made a mistake. You think he's innocent? 
Bernard is not clever, Paul. Well, he gave the attaché case to Morris. Morris had your receipt? Stolen when he and Holder stripped me while I was drugged. Exactly. Morris and Holder are the ones who should be arrested. Bernard is innocent. Morris is an expert jewel thief. Holder works with him. You know that? I suspect it. Now, shall we go to dinner? Well, sure. There's a fine Japanese restaurant near the Zyder Kirk. You'll enjoy it. Oh, it sounds fine. Good. Uh, after dinner, I, uh, I will leave you. Oh? Yes, but not for long. I must apologize to Von Sutter for the trouble he's been put to. Uh, huh. You're going to see him alone? Yes. No reason for you to meet him now, and, uh, he might say some sharp things to you. Okay. Whatever you say. Well, then, uh, let's go and, uh, enjoy ourselves. I'll try. I still feel terrible about the loss of the diamonds. You, Mark. Yeah. Good work, Elmer. Not bad, except for Bernard. The wine. And the switched passport pictures. Look here. That's Chapin. Yeah. Clumsy job of switching pictures. Yeah, no matter. The two of you look somewhat alike. That's why I chose Chapin. The police are busy, of course. They won't find Holder, but they'll break down Bernard. You're in the clear. You're leaving tonight. Yes, I'm booked as Chapin on a flight to Switzerland, but I won't be on it. Oh? I have another way to get out of Amsterdam. You, you weren't followed here. No, no. What about you? Uh, the only time I showed my face was when I met Holder and paid her off, and I couldn't be recognized. You have my money? Yes. But I don't think you're entitled to 50,000. That was the agreement? I'll give you 40. I took the entire risk. You already have your 25,000, Elmer. I want 10 more. Would you prefer not to have any money at all? Put down that gun, Mort. Then put my money on the table. You'd shoot me? Without hesitation. I might even earn a reward for putting you out of circulation. Diamond merchant captures notorious thief. Sounds good, doesn't it, Elmer? Hmm. There's the money. Thank me for your life. Hmm. Thanks. Grab him, Paul. What? What? What's the meaning? Keep your hands up. I have a gun. Cool it, Mr. Mork. Paul. Yeah. The village idiot. All right, Mr. Mork. Come on along. The police will bring Elmer Morris. We're having a little party at the consulate. Hi, Holder. How did a pretty girl like you... Shut up. Well, Mr. Mork, you recognize anyone here? Holder, Bernard, Elmer Morris. I'll have your job with this, Mr. Adams. Bernard has been very helpful. He saw the wickedness of his ways and told us everything. Have uh, you anything to say, Mr. Morris? It is always a mistake to deal with an amateur. Bernard never should have sent the wine till Coppel ordered it. And Mork was a fool to say he talked to Von Sutter. Oh, very embarrassingly amateur. 
The police will send you and Mark and Holder back to the United States. Bernard will have a view through the bars for quite some time. And uh, I will recommend that Paul Chapin be given the reward. Oh, yes, there is one. The reward for the capture of Alma Morris. He didn't capture me. Not physically, perhaps, but his telephone call from the restaurant led the police to your room. I regret what happened, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I, sure. I mean, making you my cat's paw for the scheme. Mm-hmm. I hope that someday you forgive me. You are really something else. I almost feel sorry for you, Mr. Mort. I feel sorry for myself. Well, Mr. Adams. Yes, Mr. Mort. I'll bring in the police. There's no reason to moralize over the obvious. Paul Chapin was duped by a man he trusted. Mr. Mork's shortcut to making a fortune failed because for every rascal in the world, there's a host of honest persons to unmask him. I'll be back shortly. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.